Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. In the early 80s, in my neighborhood, amongst my friends, computers started to spread like wildfire. One friend would get it, another friend would get it. Typical of what happens with trends in a group of friends. So everybody starts getting computers. We'd all been playing Atari, ColecoVision, and television, and computers seemed like the natural next leap. I got a Commodore and had one of my friends over, and he was very excited because his family told him he was going to get a computer at his birthday, so he knew this going into it. We all went over his house for his birthday party, and we do the normal kid stuff running around, and the cake goes out, this giant box comes in. He tears it open. I'd never seen a box this big. It was a big box. I thought there was a bike in it. I thought, oh, he's not getting a computer. It was especially big when compared to my VIC-20 box, which is where my expectations were. What he got that day was a Coleco Atom. He was very excited. He had been a ColecoVision fan. So his uncle, who had brought the computer over, says, well, I'll set this up for you, buddy. You go out and play with your friends. We went out and played for about a half hour. Uncle sets it up calls him in and said, we're ready to fire it up. Everybody comes into the front room of the house, which was sort of the playroom for this guy and his brothers. He sits at this desk with this way too big television on it, and they flip the switch. Nothing happens. They make sure the TV's on, they make sure the connections are going. Nothing happens. The kid starts to get upset. His mother and uncle start to talk to him, say, oh, don't worry, we'll go get another one. Something's wrong, we'll take care of it. You go out and play. So he recovers. We go out and we play. I don't know what happened. I guess they left and went to either Toys R Us or wherever they bought it and brought another one back. We saw them carry the giant box in. They're tinkering around in there for another half hour. At this point, we'd been at the party for three hours. Again, the event happens. We have this computer. We're called in. They turn on the computer. Nothing happens. We're all staring at each other. The birthday boy does not look happy. At this point, the uncle sits down and starts tinkering and says, Oh, I'll fix this. Don't worry. Well, the party's just about over. We go home. I found out later it took two more atoms before they actually got one that worked. And my perception of the atom computer in the 1980s was colored by this event. But things would change when I would go away to college. And there I lugged my brand new electric typewriter in order to write papers and stuff. It was while torturing myself using this electric typewriter that I came to be enamored of the atom computer. See, a guy who I became friends with who lived across the hall had an atom computer which made for a pretty decent word processor once you got through its quirks. And his system was fully working, and although very, very loud when it printed, very useful. And on more than one occasion, he let me use it to write papers. Now, I don't remember my younger friend's long-term perception of the atom, but I do know when you meet people who have used the Coleco atom, they fall into two camps. Those who think it's hilarious, laugh at it, or had some horrible experience and think it's a piece of garbage. And then you have a dedicated group of people who realized that it was a really interesting piece of technology and were able to keep it working for years. It is those hardcore fans who keep the Atom community rolling and keep the Atom in the cultural spotlight when they can. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about Caligo, the company that made it. We'll talk about the technology, we'll talk about the release and its reception. We'll talk a little bit about 
some of the problems that the Atom had, and it had a few problems. We'll talk about the famous Atari incident, and we'll talk about the legacy, where the Coleco Atom is today. And we'll throw in some surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. can't talk about the Atom without talking a little bit about Coleco. And I went into some detail about Coleco when I talked about the Cabbage Patch Kids and Coleco Vision in past shows. So if you want a little bit more detailed information, maybe you should check out those episodes. They're okay. So Coleco was founded in 1932 by Maurice Greenberg as the Connecticut Leather Company. And that is exactly how they got their name, Coleco. In the 1970s, it would turn its attention toward electronics and eventually in the 80s toys and become a very well-known brand. In 1976, the company entered the video game market with the Telstar, a system that was very popular in my house. Coleco just broke even on the Telstar, but they had gotten into the business and started to create other dedicated systems, eventually transitioning into handhelds. And they made some really good head-to-head sports games. And it would eventually go on to license popular arcade titles and release them in their mini arcade series. Seeing the popularity of the Atari and in television, in 1982, Coleco launched its own console, the ColecoVision. It was a popular system with dedicated fans. And Coleco handled the system pretty well, releasing really well-made games that were often head and shoulders above what was going on in the Atari 2600. Then in 1983, the video game crash started to happen, and everyone seemed to believe that the best strategy was to get into the home computer market. And Coleco decided that it would introduce its own computer, the Atom, which would be available in two ways. One, as a standalone computer, and two, as an add-on that you could use to expand your ColecoVision. In the end, this might not have been the best strategy, and we'll talk a little bit about why a little bit later. The Retroist Podcast will return after these messages. You can play Donkey Kong on your ColecoVision, Atari VCS, or Intellivision home video system. Won't that be fun? Don't worry, darling! I'll save you! Target announces the grand opening sale of its 19 new Los Angeles stores. Target's exploding prices on ColecoVision. Experience arcade game quality with push-button keyboards and eight-direction joysticks. Complete with Donkey Kong cartridge for just $169.99. Or save on record call It replays messages by remote control. Kevin, call your mother. Sale priced at $129.99. All 19 Los Angeles stores are celebrating the grand opening sale at Target. And now back to the Retroist Podcast. 
1983 is promising to be an electronics cornucopia filled with a dazzling array of new gadgets, games, and more for your home education and entertainment. So Coleco is working on the Atom, and to showcase the machine, they decided to demonstrate part of ColecoVision's conversion of Donkey Kong on the Atom. Now at the time, Nintendo was in the midst of negotiating a deal with Atari to license its Famicom for distribution in areas outside of Japan, and they would be sealing the deal at the Consumer Electronics Show that year. Atari had exclusive rights to put Donkey Kong on home computers. Coleco had the rights to put it on game consoles. Atari sees Coleco showing Donkey Kong on a computer and was not too happy with it. This delayed their deal with Nintendo. They wanted Coleco to agree not to sell the Atom version of Donkey Kong. That delay had no real bearing in the long term because the very next month, the CEO of Atari, Ray Kasser, was fired, and the deal went nowhere with Nintendo, and Nintendo was forced to market its own system, and they would go on to some success with that. Still, the Atom made a splash and might have had a hand in altering the fate of both Atari and Nintendo. When it was announced in 1983, executives were excited. They thought they would sell a half million of these things by Christmas of that year. They also said that the computer would run about $525. Neither of those would come true. The price of this system would balloon to about $700, a little over that, when it finally did get released. So a pretty expensive computer, although when you consider all the technology that came with it, and compare it to other machines at the time and try to lump in those pieces of technology, you see it was a pretty good deal. Today's show is brought to you by your local money lender. Can't afford an Atom computer? Visit your local money lender. What's the trouble with you, Funky? You look a little ill to be sure. Well, I'll guarantee there's nothing wrong with me that a little extra money couldn't cure. I hope you got a reasonable interest rate. When the Coleco Atom was finally complete, there would be two models available the complete system, and the expansion module number three. The expansion module three is the one that would hook up to your ColecoVision. But in end results, the units are essentially identical. And the reason it was cheaper is the expansion model used parts of the ColecoVision hardware, and thus the memory unit that connected to the ColecoVision doesn't have any cartridge slots because you already have them in the ColecoVision, and it isn't delivered with the controllers or the TV switch box. There is a really interesting rumor about the expansion module, and that was that it was supposed to incorporate RCA's CED player, the Select Division, to store larger amounts of data with it. I have also heard people spread rumors about a CD-ROM unit, things like that seems way ahead of its time, although I would not put it past the people at Coleco to come up with something clever and grand like that. The CED player seems like an interesting plan, and it used technology that was already available. I would wonder how it was going to be implemented. Sadly, it never happened. The game technical overview. The CPU on the Atom was a Zilog 780A processor running at 3.58 megahertz. 
It had 80 kilobytes of RAM built in, although 16 kilobytes were dedicated to video. There were three internal expansion slots, one cartridge slot, and a 62.5 kilobit half-duplex serial bus called AtomNet. Peripherals connected to the Atom were called smart peripherals because each had its own 6801 microprocessor. This allowed the peripherals to act independently of the main processor and not use resources or tie up the processor during the longer cassette load or when the system was printing. Storage on the system was on digital data cassette. The graphics on the system were through a Texas Instrument TMS9928A, capable of a resolution of 256 by 192, and sound was provided by a Texas Instruments SN76489AN. The system came in three parts. The main part included in the system was the console, which housed the motherboard and processor. The next part of the system was the daisy wheel printer, which also served as the power supply for the entire computer. And the third component of the computer was the keyboard. And technical overview. To say the Atom was quirky might be an understatement. There's lots of bugs that people talk about, but there was a couple of very famous technical issues that sprung up, and those issues would eventually get fixed. Coleco did not sit on its laurels, but by the time those were fixed, the reputation of the Atom had really been hurt. One of the first issues with the Atom was that it generates a surge of electromagnetic energy on startup, which could erase the contents of removable media left in or near the drive. This problem was magnified by the Coleco manuals that came with the system, and I have to give Coleco credit for including a lot of great material with the computer, although sometimes even manuals could give bad advice. The manual told you that you should put tapes in the drive before turning the computer on. In the original run, there was a lot of defective tape drives, some say about 50%, and the tapes moved very quickly. They were kind of high speed, so faster than what you would expect in the normal tape drive. And if you tried to eject a tape while it was moving, it would often destroy the drive, as there was no eject lockout mechanism. As I mentioned, Coleco decided to put the power supply in the printer. So if the printer's electronics failed, none of the system would work. Could cause problems. Something I liked about the Atom, but other people have complained about, is that when you turned it on, it didn't have a basic interpreter stored in ROM. Instead, when you fired it up, it had a built-in electronic typewriter and word processor called SmartWriter, which I found really useful. The Smart Basic interpreter was delivered on a tape cassette. So if you wanted to write basic, you would fire up the cassette. Just make sure that your cassette tape works and that you don't eject things and break everything. And this seems only important in retrospect, now that we know how other computers work. But once you were in SmartWriter, you had to reboot the system to get out of it. Did not seem like a big deal, even into the 90s to me. Eventually, the tape drive system, which proved to be unreliable, would be replaced by a 160K 5.25-inch disk drive for the system. But again, too little, too late. I just want to stress again how large the Atom box was when you got it compared to anything I had seen before. It was probably especially big because I was a kid, and I would love to see one now. But you got to remember, they put everything in there. It was 10 inches deep, 20 inches tall by 40 inches long, and what was in there weighed about 35 pounds. When it finally hit the street and people started reviewing it, it got praised for its keyboard and printer, and the printer was really high quality, although very loud. 
I have heard some people say that it's not so loud. I kind of agree with them. I really don't hear it. We were a long way off from whisper silent printing. What were these people expecting anyway? I don't know. I think people just... Oh. I think some people just aren't happy and like to complain. It was a great printer. Another positive was that Smart Basic was compatible with AppleSoft Basic, which meant that if you like to play around with those magazines that had programs in the back where you typed everything in, those would work on either system without much modification. So Coleco decided that it would be a good idea to try to sell their computer to a larger market, and education seemed good. But those plans would go awry. We'll return after these messages. Hi, hon. Davy's report card. It's worse than last time. He's just not interested. His friend Billy made the honor roll. He's no smarter than Davy. But he had help. Joe and Peg got him an Atom. Atom is the only affordable home computer that comes complete. And Atom offers a variety of educational software that takes minutes to learn. Kids get so involved that learning becomes easier and more fun. We're getting you an Atom. Really? Really. Atom, the smartest gift you can give your family. Coleco, maker of the Adam family computer system, understands that the cost of sending your child to college is growing even faster than your child. Coleco is ready to help. When you buy Adam between September 1 and December 31, 1984, Coleco will give your child a $500 college scholarship absolutely free. Now Adam not only helps prepare your child for college, it even helps pay for it. You should buy Billy ColecoVision. Then you can play Burger Time. Besides, he ate his Brussels sprouts. ColecoVision plays Congo Bongo, and Billy did clean his room. This wouldn't have something to do with a free Cabbage Patch Kid. Cabbage Patch? Buy a ColecoVision and a Coleco game cartridge by December 31st. We'll send you a Cabbage Patch Kid free. Wow, ColecoVision, way to go, Amy. I did it just for you. When you buy ColecoVision, you make two kids happy. And now, back to the show. As you can hear from those commercials, Coleco was trying to land the home education market. And they spent a lot of money on those commercials. Very pricey. And most of them implied that a kid with an atom would do better in school. This move and the claim was criticized by a lot of the media and parent groups and even teacher groups. Coleco responded by creating the Adam Scholarship Program, which offered a $500 college scholarship to customers who bought the Adam before December 31st, 1984. So technically, owning an Adam could help your education. Despite everything they did, sales were weak, and the technical issues were just too glaring. In the fourth quarter of 1984, Coleco lost $35 million alone as returns of the system flooded in. Coleco retooled and reintroduced the Atom with a new instruction manual, lowered the price, and as I said, made the scholarship offer. Still, at the end of it all, less than 100,000 units sold, and in 1985, less than two years after its introduction, the Atom was discontinued. Coleco would not last much longer, although it was able to stay afloat because of the profits of the very successful Cabbage Patch Kid, 
the Atom and other failures just absorbed too much money and the company would file for bankruptcy in 1988. You would think with all these problems that the Atom would be completely dead right now, but it is not. As I've said, there are a hardcore group of followers out there who love this machine. In fact, they love it so much that there is a gathering called AtomCon that is held. And this year it's being held on July 14th through the 17th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Last year it was held in Montreal, Canada. For more information about AtomCon, if you're in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area or a hardcore Atom fan, you should go to ann.hollowdreams.com. I'm sure one of the people who would love to be there is Daniel Bienvenu, who creates these wonderful Coleco songs programmatically. All you have to do is type his name into YouTube, and that's Daniel, B-I-E-N-V-E-N-U, and just listen to some of this music. This is stuff that's composed by entering code, which is remarkable and requires a tremendous amount of patience. I have a lot of respect for that sort of work. Of course, if you cannot get an Atom, and you can, they're available on eBay. Sometimes you'll find them in shops. Maybe you don't want the hassle of hardware. You can always find an emulator and play around with the Atom. I think you'll find it's an interesting system. And I could see why if you had a working system, and everyone is trashing the system that you love, that you might actually grow fonder of the system and try to defend it more. I know that I'm a big fan of the Commodore, and... It has very few detractors, yet I find myself willing to defend it all the time. I can only imagine that that is amplified a thousand times for Atom users, and I'm really glad they're out there. So if you're looking for a new hobby, why not check out the Atom? It's got an interesting history, it's some really interesting hardware, and it looks like a great group of people are keeping the memory alive. So get out there and meet them. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist and facebook.com slash retroist. The music you hear during the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, why not email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend.
Coleco does what Atari don't. This has been a Retro production. Goodbye.